Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th tee, Kieran Marsh and Nathan Drudy with you as always. Drudster, now I know, and for the listener's benefit, uh, they may not know because it might not have been overtly clear in our first few months of existence, but I know more than most that the one thing that really floats your boat, that really flicks your switch, <laughs> is a bit of gear talk, a bit yes. of new equipment, a bit of new technology. Yes. And I'm Love pleased it. to say that we are, well, we're well and truly floating your boat this evening. Absolutely, we are. Very exciting. Uh, to be joined by someone who works in the golf industry, who works for a golf uh, equipment company, who knows a lot more about uh, the area than I do. He uh, is an a equipment tech junkie, according to his Twitter bio. At TaylorMade, I'm, of course, talking about Alex Benjamin. Alex, thanks very much for joining us on the 19th Tee Podcast. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Now, Alex, just before uh, Drew's nerds out uh, on all your tech talk, I just want to kind of set the context for, for the listeners and, and we get to know uh, Alex Benjamin or Benji uh, as, as you go by a little bit more before we start talking clubs. Probably first and foremost, where does, where does the nickname Benji come from? Is it just as simple as, as a bit of an abbreviation of the last name or is there a bit more of a story to it? Nah, classic um, Australian um, nickname. Laz- yeah, laziness, essentially. Um, that's it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> no, my dad, my dad had it. Um, granddad had it. So yeah, it's just, um, always, always been that. I was probably little Benji, um, growing up at the, at the golf local golf club and then, uh, became just, just Benji. So <laughs> it's been a long, um, story. That's just how, how it unfolded. <laughs> Cut a long story short uh, and a short story, even shorter. Yeah. Look, uh, Speaking of the local golf club, whereabouts was that? Tell us a little bit about your golfing journey and, and how you, uh, I suppose, grew a passion for the great game. Yeah, so I was I was more into AFL, as I'm sure you, you boys are, or um, one of you in, in WA, I know. But um, <laughs> obviously, like, yeah, you get to that level or, um, of footy where, and sport, I guess, where you've got to try and choose what type of sports um, you, want, you want to continue if you, if you do want to continue. So, um, yeah, I was just had that opportunity to to try and make a call on that and then golf was was just something that I was just doing with my mates and my dad really got me into it and my uncle and um yeah then I just thought I'll give this a crack I was probably too skinny um to continue playing footy uh and yeah just went down the path of of golf and I was around about um I was a member at Kingswood so I was about 400 metres, I think, from the golf course. And then I'd just drive, ride my pushy just there every single day. So um, just fell in love with it. Now, Drew's did his research via your Twitter bio. I went the more professional route via LinkedIn, uh, where I noticed <laughs> okay. you okay. describe yourself as, uh, I think it's a, an experiential specialist. Is that correct? And, and if so, yeah. what is an experiential specialist? Talk to me about the, the title and what it entails. I get this one a bit when I'm in the golf circles. Yeah. So experiential <laughs> is, is, um, yeah, it's basically just brand experience. So, um, you know, a lot in the, in the golfing game, you've got your sales reps and they obviously really only speak to the customer being like a retail store or a green grass golf shop. So, um, 
with the tech fitters that are that are out there, um, they're the ones that are actually really, you know, kind of getting the feedback from all the consumers and and golfers and you know, yeah, obviously like tech junkies like yourselves. So um, it's about providing just that really good experience um, to them first and foremost. And you know, if they're um, I guess it's kind of just everything there, just about the tailor-made brand. We just want to kind of set up so a lot of assets that we have. Um, all the boys use like a Trackman 4, so we always want to be um, the latest and greatest using the um, all of our gear. And, yeah, in a nutshell, pretty much just providing the best experience we can. Now, you, also in your Twitter bio, see, all I did was go to Twitter and I've got all these questions for the whole whole interview. This is great. This is so easy. Yeah, I wish don't, every, don't believe everything you read on Twitter. <laughs> oh, well, maybe this is going to throw my question right out of the water then. The first line of your Twitter bio says that you're a professional golfer as well. So I take it you're very handy on the golf course, mate. And uh, and I assume that the tailor-made clubs that I'm sure you're playing with uh, have helped along the way as well. Oh, yeah, I've, I've run out of characters. I couldn't fit um, broken down professional golfer um, <laughs> in it. So. Professional golfer looks better. Uh, yeah, exactly. Now, I did um, my apprenticeship at, um, at Kingswood, where I was a member. I was very lucky to get a position there and um, did my three years and got out of there and then, um, yeah, wanted to play uh, as much as I can, gain as much experience and see what, what really happened. And then um, I only really had a short stint of, Six months um, on the Hooters tour, I travelled with a good mate of mine, um, Tom Prouse and uh, Ryan Lynch, who's still out there having a crack. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of came back and uh, was then just playing the Aussie circuit and um, pretty much just uh, wanted to get my hands dirty just really in the, in the golf industry after that. So then what's the natural progression from coming back, um, describing yourself as a broken down professional golfer to starting work with, uh, with Taylor made one of the most uh, recognizable golfing brands in the world. Yeah, it's, I was just like at the right place, right time kind of thing. I was at Melbourne golf Academy. I was just behind the jump there selling balls and Mars bars, as we say. Um, so (laughs) more of what Mars bars or balls? Oh, Probably, uh, yeah, easily golf balls. There was just too many of them. I would have had, uh, I would have got a Mars sponsorship, I reckon, if I had sold that many Mars bars. But, <laughs> but no, that's just um, just a classic joke that's, that's been said. But um, yeah, uh, it was a bit weird. I, I was using a, another competitor's golf clubs, and um, I'd gone into the tailor-made performance lab that was. Um, always there at MGA or had been there for, for quite a while and I'd always kind of poke my head in and just sussed it out like I wonder what TaylorMade's doing blah 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 and then um, yeah going going in there actually um, uh, the fitter that was there Darren Lowe who's now a part of Adidas Golf um, he'd always like joked to me about uh, just you know what could have happened had I had I gone in there before my trip to um, overseas uh, to the US so yeah it's always like but from then, basically, it um, just eventuated into a job and they're expanding. Um, and then, that, yeah, that was about six and a half years ago. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you up a bit of a full toss here and you can do with it what you please. But you, you touched on uh, the brand of TaylorMade and that as a, an experiential specialist, that is essentially what you're selling. What is the TaylorMade brand? What does TaylorMade stand for? What's it all about? Uh, we're... Our slogan is the best performance golf company in the world. So, you know, when a lot of people probably look at ticket price and things like that, 
Um, we we want to acknowledge that, yeah, it is a quite a high ticket price, but it's because of our engineers and how much, um, uh, well, engineering goes into these golf clubs and manufacturing processes and stuff. So, yeah, we just really pride ourselves on having the best performance um, out there. And you've got to be careful with that these days because of obviously how good a TrackMan or a GC Quad or I use a gear system um, it's really picking up what this golf club is doing. So you've got to be really careful when you, when you are making claims like that. But um, yeah, we, we're, we're lucky. We've got a, a great bunch of engineers um, from golf ball all the way through to driver. So it's pretty exciting being a part of that. And um, we've got a really good team that, that really just helps um, all of us kind of train and develop um, our golf knowledge. So yeah, I think that's, that part of the brand is is trying to keep everybody in a family and everybody involved. And um, yeah, just the engineers have been so good. They're, they're really the the people that, that make the, the product so, so good for all types of golfers too. I think you, you touched on it a little bit there around the technology and, and the engineers. How has the technology in, in golf clubs and I suppose um, specifically from a tailor-made perspective, how has the technology changed in recent years? Cause we've seen, quite radical changes from I suppose the the older style clubs of the late 90s and then sort of throughout the thousands and and into the tens it really sort of boomed and drivers became a lot bigger and technology seemed to rapidly change at quite a rate of knots yeah it's it's interesting like I've um I've just come off the back of like a uh, being able to fit at a PGA Tour event and I really um Got to learn a lot off uh, Adrian Wrightveld and Keith Sabarbaro, who's like our um, VP of, of tour operations. So talking to him, um, who's really invented the role of like a tour rep and talking about uh, where they started. So, you know, he was like back in the, um, uh, the, the tie series, the 200 tie series of drivers, if you know your product. And that was like so hard like he had to carry all these you know nine degree drivers like 10 or 12 of them to an event and all with different shafts and things like that where I think the biggest thing for, for yeah to answer the question is like just as simple as like an FCT sleeve that we have or, or a loft sleeve we call it it can just change the driver so much it's like a 3d driver almost moving weights and stuff like that I think that's been the biggest game changer because now when you track someone's golf club on a TrackMan or a GC Quad, you get basically how they deliver the club. And then obviously we can change that and then um, change it to their needs or change it to maybe aid what they want to do with their coach. Um, so I think that's been the biggest change uh, from what I've seen really, is just being able to have, have a multi-loft driver or, or a variable driver. It's just, that's blown my mind and it's such a, um, it's so good for a fitter as well. Alex, you mentioned uh, the opportunity to fit at a, at a PGA Tour event. Was that in the in the tailor-made truck? Uh, yeah, very small one because it was in Japan. So um, uh, that was uh, the Zozo Championship. That was in October. Um, Tiger won the event and they had the Challenge Skins game, um, which I'm sure you boys would have seen. Um, so, yeah, that was an incredible experience. It's quite a fascinating uh, part of the game is the tour truck because obviously it's 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 there uh you know generally say monday through wednesday and then it's got to be packed up and and driven to the next event so what's that experience like in the truck what are the what are the players coming in to do in those couple of first few days and whether they're playing the pro-am or a few practice rounds what are they asking for what are the sorts of things that you're doing in a, in a tour truck in the lead up to an event 
Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I didn't travel, so I didn't travel on that. I think they've just got a designated driver and generally the driver um, can be the builder as well. So it's really just one guy driving it around. I know like that's what Wade does on the, on the, on the US truck, which is, you know, mammoth. But um, I was just chatting with Nobu who drives the Japanese truck and he's the same. He just builds a lot of the equipment, but from a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, you're kind of doing a lot of soft goods. So if you guys were traveling for, for your week, you don't want to carry the golf balls and gloves and um, other uh, items like that. That's kind of probably the first job. Um, I guess most Mondays, uh, the guys travel. Um, so you can kind of get the soft goods and stuff in their locker. And then, then you're probably right, right into it on like Monday afternoon fitting guys are just wanting to tune it. They might, a lot of the things that requests that you might get is a, you, you might have to regroup a full set of clubs or you may have to like loft and lie, check it, just let them know where it is. They might've been struggling with their driver. Hey, has my driver got, you know, this chip in it? I smashed it on the T marker or something and you just want to check it and make sure that there's no funky flights out there. So I don't know. It just depends, I guess, what the what the request is. You, you always get some um, curly ones, um, and that's when it's fun. You kind of got a bit more of a challenge on your hand. But um, when it's when it's just kind of the normal things, I guess you just you go through it like you would just even like a normal golfer. And, and your experience, obviously, you have got the players coming in, and and they often have probably quite intricate requests because one of the things you always hear is how in tune they are that they they, they realise the the 1% that's missing or even maybe the 0.5%. Are you ever, you know, amazed or, or has it become part of the course now dealing with these players at how in tune with their equipment they are, that they can feel these tiny little adjustments that need to be made in their swing or in their clubs? Yeah, it's a joke. I, I um, at in Japan with Adrian and uh, we, we with Tommy Fleetwood and to drop a name, but he, uh, yeah, that, that was definitely one of the subtle differences. We just changed like a, a, five wood that we were trying to get into his bag um just changed it subtly like one degree more upright we put another degree aloft maybe a degree and a half and <laughs> he was just so in tune with what number that he wanted to see he wanted to see about 3,800 revs so it was coming out a bit hot um as soon as we changed it I had to run 800 meters to go change it run back from the truck over there so I was just yeah, already uh, sweating bullets, um, just being nervous anyway um, in front of the great man. And then once we gave it back to him, literally first couple of shots, 3,800, 3,800. So the, the guys are like that. Obviously, they're using a track man or a quad um, every week. So they kind of know what, what it's doing. But um, yeah, they, uh, other little things as well. They can pick up a swing weight um, and some of their feel is just incredible. So um, it again probably depends on the player. Some don't even know what you know the, the driver's even called, or even their putter, what model it's even called. Some of them are very pretty basic, <laughs> but um, just depends. And fortuitous that you were at the Zozo, obviously there to to see the uh, the record equaling 82nd PGA Tour victory for Tiger Woods. He of course carries some tailor-made clubs. Any run-ins with with the big cat? Uh, no, it's just a very brief. G'day. And uh, after the first round, obviously, he shot six under. So I was just like, great round. And then um, got a thanks very much. And that was about it for the for the big cat and myself. So I wasn't really involved. Um, I tell all my mates that I was really involved and I was there tuning his <laughs> equipment. But it's a flat out lie. I was just um, going to say that, that, that thanks very much. Surely top three moments of your life? 
Yeah, he's actually, he's really good. I've seen him, other people yell out stuff and he looks a lot of people in the eye and says that. And then I've, I've noticed like other people in the crowds, like that happened to them and they're just over the moon about it. So yeah, it's, I think a lot of people might not believe that that's you know, the type of person that he is. But yeah, from, from being inside the ropes that week, I was just, yeah, absolutely amazed. He had a, a clinic that we, that we were also, um, invited to which um that was probably the best thing i've ever seen in my life if you've ever um, had a chance to see the clinic that he puts on not just on the golf course but this was like a mic'd up <laughs> clinic he goes through all of his shot making um yeah it's just you know who wouldn't want to see a clinic from yeah the greatest of all time well your you know thanks very much is probably more than any of us are ever going to get made so <laughs> I'm, I would sure, be. I'm sure he, he i'm sure he was like that's that's awesome he he said, great round to me. I'm sure that that's what he was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's got no idea who I am. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he does, mate. I'm sure he does. Um, hey, mate, let's talk about the sim driver because it is receiving rave reviews at the moment. Um, it is, it's sort of tailor-made staple at the moment, the driver. Before that was the M6. I've actually got the old RBZ in the bag at the moment. I bought that secondhand a little while back and it's, and it's proved... Uh, to be quite a, a nice driver for myself, but tell us about the sim, mate. It's um, it's going absolutely gangbusters at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We've had we've had a lot of our guys uh, that that are in our stables really put it in play um, straight away as well. Sometimes they do take you know maybe like after this week is when we start to see them pop it in play. Last year was probably pretty good um, with those guys, but I think this year already on the European tour we've seen guys that aren't contracted and they've um and we've and we've really um yeah they've really taken a liking to it and we've had uh probably um i think 33 in in one tournament i forget where it may have been dubai or the one before that um so yeah just incredible numbers from from that um respect i guess i look at that one as well a lot of guys that are uncontracted because they yeah, they've obviously got free range and, you know, they, they want to probably just use what whatever's going to help them lift the trophy. Um, so I think probably more than that, our, our stable of players has also changed. So we got like a much tighter and smaller group of players, but um, definitely a, a lot of them being the best in the world. But um, this one is, yeah, a lot better. Did you want to hear more about the drivers? Please. How, how techy you guys wanted, wanted to get? Please. Let's geek out. That's what we're here for. So I think, yeah, more more fitting wise, what what we're probably seeing with Sim is it is a lot lower launching and and uh, lower spinning. Um, so that can really help a fitter. Uh, whereas last year, like M6 and M5 were, were quite close. So Sim Max, which is the bigger version of it, obviously, mm. um, that that's kind of like the higher launching and higher spinning driver um, from our testing at the moment. So it's kind of like a clear divide between those two drivers. But um, yeah, it's, it's a beast of a club in terms of how it looks. It looks fast. Uh, it is fast. We've, we've um, developed like a new shape where it's got a little bit more of an asymmetric sole. And, you know, yeah, we are seeing a little bit more aerodynamics with it. So uh, color scheme is pretty cool. We've got like a really cool chalk white that matches um, the carbon. So yeah, a lot of people are sitting it down just going, wow, this is, this is really good. I've, had to come back from Vic Open today and a few players have already uh, already told me, which a lot of them do like to say that, yeah, it's going straight in the bag, but um, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But they've 
definitely just by all um, all comments, like they just love the look of it, sound and feel. So it's kind of um, a, a good one again for us, but I think more so a good one for fitters out there as well to kind of angle their fitting session um, a little bit easier where last year it was kind of like, yeah, you're M5 or M6, what are we going to do here? So um, that's probably, yeah, all that I've got tech-wise in terms of um, a little bit more aerodynamics. Um, it, the, we're at the pointy end as well with all of this stuff. So, you know, there, there's a lot of other features and benefits, but um, depends how long you want this podcast to go, I guess. <laughs> now, well, tell us about the design because it is an interesting looking driver. Obviously, it's got the asymmetric sole, as you mentioned. It's an interesting looking driver that probably breaks away from the conventional, um, I suppose, uh, drivers that are out on the market. There's been a a handful of them released sort of at a similar time. The, tell us about that design, I suppose, in a little bit more detail. Um, well, the design probably came from a little bit more uh, M6 last year, in my opinion. Um, this could be totally wrong, but it's just kind of what I've, I've <laughs> kind of seen the driver transform over the last couple of years. But M5, there was a bit of a, um, a, bit of a drawback with a lot of the airflow, like, uh, getting trapped in the in the T track where the where you know where you slide the weights and stuff like that. So um, in both drivers, and we've actually got a third driver which is a D type driver as well. But basically, all three drivers have a lot of that M6 footprint, and they've just really dropped um, the sole on it as well. And they've popped a what's called an inertia generator, and that's really cutting through the airflow really at the low point of the golf swing. So you know we, we find that really that that initial or sorry that last uh two foot before the golf uh before strike or first touch is really really important and that's what the engineers have found and they've, they've collected a little bit more club head speed that way aerodynamically so um we we found that last year with m5 some players were kind of down in um in club speed yeah a bit of that um airflow kind of just getting trapped um so that's really kind of where that's helped obviously if we get a little bit more club speed depending on the strike um, that in turn creates more energy to, to get a little bit more ball speed. What about the difficulties of, of catering to a, a range of type of player? Obviously, you've got you know, your amateur player right through to your professionals, which you were talking about. You've Some at the Vic Open, there's some that have had it on the, on the tours so far this year. Obviously, there's the, the, the three designs, I suppose, or the three uh, different drivers in the Sim, the Sim Max and, and the D version, as you mentioned. What, uh, how difficult is it in actually designing a product that can suit um, someone who's a, quite a high handicapper through to a professional? Uh, I think, again, it just, well, design-wise, I'm, I'm not involved in the design, fellas, sorry. Um, <laughs> so I can't answer it with the design. But in terms of fitting, um, you, we really just look at a player's shot pattern, what they're doing, what they want to do, what their coach, if they have a coach, wants them to do. So um, yeah, having that clear divide and, and three types of drivers, one being a heavy draw bias, which will really help a slicer. Um, we've seen like uh, Keegan Bradley, I think, put that in play. So, yeah, that kind of helps a player. Um, then you've got a sim max, which is a little bit more neutral bias. It can be a little bit easier to square up. And then you've got the sim, which is far more tunable because you've got the sliding weights um, and a lot lower spinning head. So I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a nice blend of, of three different drivers that does cater to all uh, players' needs. Now, you mentioned the price point before, but I was, I was having a look online and I, 
it's quite reasonable, I think, for for a driver. I, you know, the sim version was, you know, in the low five hundreds. There are other drivers out on the market that have just been released that uh, perhaps start with M uh, that are in almost the thousands of dollars for an individual club. Um, it's it's obviously quite a, a good selling point to be able to have um, such a fantastic driver receiving rave reviews, but yet, you know, quite affordable for the average golfer themselves. Yeah, exactly. We weren't saying, I guess I probably wasn't um, saying it's unaffordable. I, I think we were here maybe 17 years ago. I, I remember buying a driver for the same ticket price at what, at what it was. So I guess in some respects, we've probably had it pretty good for a while because it's been a lot cheaper than, than back then. I remember my dad, he went off at me. I put it on the um, on the Never Never account at Kingswood Golf Club and he saw the bill come in and he was like, what is this? Um, so yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. Yeah. Um, paid way more than what's um, the retail that we've got it on this year. So, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different companies out there that have, um, yeah, some, some really high ticket prices. And again, we just, we, we probably push more of the performance, um, message and, and we try to prove that as well when we get a lot of our fitters out there demoing the products, um, or just your your even your your own golf pro um, doing that for you. So we, we give them the, the necessary tools to do that with, and some of them have their own, which is great. So I think that's probably been a really important thing is the message of, tr- of getting people out there getting fitted properly um, has been something that I've been a part of, like you know, for for a long, long time. Um, as soon as I kind of I grew up with all of these um, gadgets and stuff coming out, um, so. Yeah, I've kind of seen the message grow and now people are, are doing that. They're, they're probably not just going in there impulse buy. Um, they're just going in there just asking a few more questions, which is great. Alex, acknowledging, uh, as you mentioned, you're not the chief engineer and you don't sit in the engineer's office, but if you put yourself in their shoes, obviously the sim is, you spoke about the success of the M5 and the M6. There's no doubt the M series of drivers were wildly popular, both um, at the PGA to a professional level all the way down to, blokes like myself and Drew to hack away on a weekend. So what what goes into the thinking, do you think, of going, I suppose, not away from the M-Series, but certainly in a different direction? Because the Sim is, is quite a, a new and unique club. And, and obviously, it has to cut through in quite a saturated market with you know different companies releasing new drivers all the time. So there must be a little bit of pressure, I suppose, to I suppose, try and stay ahead of the game and, and try and find a niche in an increasingly cluttered market. Yeah, that's that's a very good point you make. I th- I liken it to um, you know, like songs in music. You kind of like, oh, that one kind of sounds a little bit like this, I guess. Now, where you kind of like, well, there's so many songs out there. How do the musicians, you know, like come up with something so creative? So I kind of think it's the same with golf clubs. Like, what name can we call it? What what series do we do we call it? So I think just kind of each club, I guess, sometimes deserves its its own name. So this one's Shape in Motion, where like we said, they dropped the inertia generator in there. They've dropped it a lot lower and they've moved it. So, and that motion um, really comes from that aerodynamic gain through the low point of the golf swing. So I hope that answers the question a little bit. I, I find it completely difficult. Um, I'm lucky to talk with a couple of the guys that, that are on the Woods team and um, a close a close mate of mine, Paul Demkowski, is in the uh, putter wedge um categories as well as a, as a product creator so uh yeah he's fantastic and one of the guys that's um 
invented the spider. So that's kind of a similar thing. I kind of ask him a, a lot, like how, how did you come up with the name spider? What, what, what are we going to see in the future? Like what other names have you got for it? Or is there going to be something else? So I think that just goes, that gets talked about a lot. I guess you've got to look at a bit of a marketing campaign so that you can get a lot of people talking about it and create some buzz. Um, but again, yeah, it's probably hard. I'm not in the, in the full circle of the product creation, but I think they, I think they all do a really good job. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a difficult one to, to really try and pull the rabbit out of a hat basically. And do you think, uh, do you think that the player's feedback has much influence on the, on the design features of a new club? Because obviously we, we spoke about your time in, in the tour truck and, Players are very dialed into their individual needs. Obviously, they can talk about, um, you know, the different loft angles. They might, you know, want to do a bit of work on their their face for their individual game. But, you know, I wonder whether or not their feedback goes into the thinking of, can we use some of this feedback to make a, make a general improvement on a new club? But I, I guess it is probably hard to translate the unique nature of their touch and feel down to the supposed to everyday golfer who's walking into the shop to buy their new, their new SIM driver. But I'd be fascinated to, to know whether or not understanding designers are very independent people and they pride themselves on that, but whether or not they take in any of that sort of feedback from tour players and, and try to apply that to, to future, future technology and future clubs. Yeah, it's huge. It's already happened it, um, already. Like Rory, I believe, um, one of the guys was saying that he's named the high toe, like the wedge. So that was he. they literally just brought that out to him. And he's like, oh, this is this is this thing that you guys show me. It's got the high toe. And they were just like, oh, why don't we just call it high toe? So apparently that's how that one was, was made. <laughs> so a bit of feedback, yeah, like just from players. Um, sure, especially the, the pool of players that we do have. Um, when you do kind of look at look at all of them, they, they we're definitely getting some great feedback off off all of these great players. Um, I can't think of another brand that really has a stable of players um, like that, and such a huge opportunity I, I think for for a lot of our guys to really jump on that feedback and and use it definitely into the products. So um, I saw that um, just a new ball that's been released, the TP5 picks and TP5X picks. That's co-designed with Ricky Fowler. So uh, I love that guy's putting action um, and have like liked it for a long time. So again, like a, a cool, a cool um, visual aid golf ball that, that really just helps you. I mean, we know other people are doing it as well, but I like this one. It really kind of sets up nice to the Spider X as well. It kind of complements it really well. What about the golf balls, Benji? There's um, obviously uh, people often take it for granted. I think they just reach into their bag and pull out whatever they they can. But playing consistently with a golf ball or, or a brand of golf balls um, has a huge impact on people's games. What's uh, What are you seeing at TaylorMade that's, uh, that might be a little bit out of the box, a little bit revolutionary in the golf ball market? I honestly think this is this is our best thing. Golf ball is, is huge and... Um, yeah, a lot of people, I guess, when you we, it's you've got to get them into the um, scope of talking about it. We're not going to test the competitors' uh, golf ball without products. Right? That's just going to be ludicrous. So, um, yeah, we we really kind of engineer our golf ball to to be the best ball out there as well. And I'm a big advocate for ball fitting. So we we test them all. Um, we get the the punters that come through all to try their current golf ball and um, verse ours and. Um, yeah, it, it is huge. You, you are right. It's the thing that you probably want to pay attention to, to most. And I think a lot of people do get 
you know, gifts and things like that, and they default to uh, a competitor ball. And, yeah, there, there can be, like, just a, a really poor ball for them if it's not fitted to them correctly. So um, ball fitting for us has been really, really huge. And I think, yeah, that's it's a mover and shaker for us as well when we're trying to get a lot of players, like, into our um, stable. Also, people are, or the players are... Always like wow, this is this is actually a very very good golf ball. I can't believe I didn't really hear about it. So a lot of it is it just a default move, but in the fitting process, uh, yeah, massive. Um, it can it can literally I've seen many things kind of change five mile per hour or eight meter gain depends on the player of course. But yeah, it's just um, something that's definitely overlooked. That's a good one that you picked up there, boys. You've sold me. So you're telling me go out <laughs> and buy the new tailor-made balls. That's what you're telling me. 100%. It's going yep. to be the answers to all my Don't problems. You'll need a few boxes, Drudes. Yeah, you'll need 10. Let me tell you, you'll need 10. Then it'll be on the phone to you. Played 18 holes yeah, well, the other we... day, boys. Didn't lose a ball. Just saying. <laughs> well, yeah, the TP5X is easily the straightest golf ball out there. So um, Done. we're trying to make them all straight. But, yeah, this is just the first one, um, first pick of the cherry that um, – yeah, it's really coming out nice and straight. So load up on that one. Benji, just, just on fitting, it's obviously your bread and butter down there at the Performance Centre in, in Melbourne. I, I want to talk to you about the benefits. And it's easy probably for you who's someone who does it um, each and every day and someone who makes their living from it. But the benefits of fitting because, you know, you see so many people who'll spend hours watching YouTube tutorials or spend hundreds of dollars on lessons or, you know, they'll try and go and buy the, the best new equipment and new kit uh, but their clubs aren't fitted to them. And, and you, you, you really, you, you hit yourself in the head before you leave for the course each morning. It's like trying to carve a ham with a button off if you're not playing with the right clubs, isn't it? So how important is the fitting process? And I suppose for someone who hasn't gone through it, what are the type of things that you're looking for that, that fitting to the right club can address in someone's game? Yeah. Um, I think I'll start off probably like with the, kind of the, the conception of it or the misconception, I should say, like a lot of just um, average golfers out there or beginners just uh, straight into like, oh, I'm not that good. I don't need to be fitted. But the attention that players get is weekly. So it shows you if they're doing it weekly, you have, this is the first thing that you actually have to um, obviously get sorted um, or be fitted because I, I kind of go the other way on it when they say things like that. I'm not good enough to be fitted. So, yeah, I'm like, this is even more um, of a reason why you need to be fitted. So um, kind of the things that they might see with their product, let's say if yeah, um, they were just to um, just purchase off the rack and jump out there and they were finding some difficulties, they might find like some really, really poor divots. They might find the golf club spins in their hand a lot. Um, and really what we try to do is, uh, customize a lie angle or customize a face angle where they're going to impact the ball better. And obviously if we impact the ball better and more often, then we're obviously going to mitigate a lot of the bad shots. So it's, it's all about just kind of tuning that consistency to that player. Um, and I think I'm very, very lucky in the job that I have with using gears motion, which is a 3d uh, club fitting experience. So we get to see that obviously in every direction and everything at the same time. So we get to see the the club that they use um, in their golf swing uh, presented at the golf ball, which you can't really see anywhere else. Um, after that, we then use obviously our, our launch monitors to really validate just what we've done. And then we test 
their current um, equipment. So I think it's easy when that person is in a fitting session and they go through it and they, and they, they do see after validating all of it, like the benefit, um, because we just use a measuring device. It's just, it's quite simple as, uh, I don't know, someone probably purchasing two cars and you have the person that's there, maybe not trying to upsell them, but they're talking about the features and benefits and, and what that might mean to that person. But in a golf fitting experience um, or golf club fitting experience, you definitely see the, the feedback change then and there. And if that fit is obviously quite good, then they'll talk you through that process of, hey, you should be looking at this. You should be seeing this. This is just what we're trying to achieve here. And then after the results are there, then hopefully that, you know, that can golfer um, understands it and, and leaves with a, with a set understanding what, they, what moves they have to do or just ultimately feeling probably like that it is fitted for them, I guess. There's always, why I say probably is because there's always like a bit of a, um, oh, have I been talked into this or something like that. So there's still a little bit of that out there. But when we use the, the measuring devices, that's exactly just what a, a tour player goes through. And we, we try to keep that same experience just for the beginner um, or the intermediate player. So they're kind of the things that we go through in that fitting process and, and what you can see um, generally like some some clubs that aren't fitted for you, you do see some swing flaws also impacted on it. So um, getting fitted properly can, can probably bypass some of those really poor swing flaws as well. So I think that's just, yeah, the, the uh, significance of going to get a, a fitting. Just have a look at those TP5 golf balls, mate. They look great. We'll have to go and buy some of those. <laughs> Hopefully they last a few rounds. Yeah. Tell us about the, uh, tell us about the future of, of golf club technology, mate. Cause um, obviously TaylorMade is certainly um, at the fore uh, of this, of this area of the game. What sort of trends uh, are you seeing when you're, when you're fitting out players? I think um, it's just probably what you're seeing in our products at the moment. Obviously I can't say too much about, um, you know, newer things and, and <laughs> Um, what may be coming, I could be totally wrong as well if I if I do comment about what what might be next. Um, because uh, honestly, we don't know. Like a lot of things go through some testing, and some some products probably get killed because there's the feedback that comes back is like, nah, it's not good. We we need to kind of change this or alter it somehow. But you're seeing a lot of visual aids at the moment really really take over. Um, I think so, and I think the visual cues a lot of people do work that way. So. Um, that's what I think is, is probably taking shape at the moment. Um, yeah, like you say, we're, we're in a bit of a pointy end in terms of like how fast this golf ball's coming off, but our engineers, they are smart people. They, they keep banging out great product year on year. So, um, you'll probably see a little bit of that, but, um, my, if I was a betting man, um, I would think that, yeah, more around the visual aid type of stuff, because, uh, it does seem to be working and just gives you a bit more confidence, I think. Um, you don't want to, no matter how much uh, a golf club is in terms of price or how much um, people are talking about it, you still have to love the look of it at the end of the day, how it feels. So um, I think that's just really as well, kind of the engineers are working with a lot of the tour reps, just, just really getting that feedback on um, the look of and feel of, of how it is as well. Visual aid, take it to the bank, Druids. That's, that's what's coming. Mm. <laughs> Look, Benji, just, uh, just one final one while we've, while we've got you being very generous with your time. So we do thank you for that. Uh, I'm curious, 
what's your passion like for the game now compared to when you started working in it for a job? Because I think there's a common misconception that the more you're in it, um, the more you get to play or the more you love it. But, but, you know, we've probably found even in the short couple of months we'll be doing the podcast, the more you talk about it, the less opportunity you actually get out to go and have a walk around the course and smell the roses. So are you still as passionate and as in love with the game as what you, what you were when you were just playing it for the love of it? Yeah, absolutely. I think there, there might have been some times where I was like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm really getting over it. But that can just be just other, other pressures and stuff like that. But no, I love it more than ever. I think the game's in a great shape. Um, since the, the big cat coming back, I've really, really enjoyed watching the golf on, on TV a lot more and getting up earlier than what I was to, to really watch the golf. So um, yeah, massive Tiger fan, always have been. So um, I think, yeah, more than ever you're doing that when new product comes out you, you're always you know the juices are flowing you're always pretty keen to go and hit it and test it um and that's kind of like this it's always the kickoff as well for us so january is kind of when our products are released and um yeah i think our brand we change um products only like every year um they've always got like a year life cycle which is for a technology company like that's i think that's perfect and set where it needs to be but um i think we just change things inside the business as well just our tailor-made golf australia business we've got a great group of people and um everybody's engaged and fun and happy so that always makes life a lot easier and and you enjoy the game and um a lot of us get together and 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 hit some balls we've got a couple of simulators at our head office so it's always um yeah just a great social aspect um, anyway, and I, I just love playing different golf courses out there as well still. So um, more of a social hit for me nowadays when it was my job. Um, definitely found out how hard it was and it was more probably coming back, I think, for that where I was going through a, a bit of a stage where you're just hating hating it and wanting to put the clubs on eBay. They weren't going in the cupboard. They were just, um, you were, yeah, just trying to slick them off for some money. That's for sure. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, it's been it's been a hell of a story. I really have enjoyed uh, talking to you, Benji, and getting to know a little bit more about the the sim product and probably more the the tailor made ethos in general. I know uh, Drude's. Uh, I'm not sitting next to him, but I'm assuming he's probably had to tuck it under the belt a few times, given how excited he gets about this uh, all this <laughs> Very tech talk. Excited. Yeah, yeah, I thought as much. Yeah. But uh, no, mate, we've really enjoyed having yeah. you on the 19th tee. If people want to find you, uh, obviously down there in Melbourne at the Performance Centre, but uh, Benji underscore Golf on Instagram. That's the one. And I think it's at TaylorMade Oz NZ for the uh, the local representation of, of of TM here in the Australasian region. Put out some great content as well on the on the page. So well worth a follow. Yeah, that's where the real content is. <laughs> and not not Benji Benji <laughs> underscore golf. That's, that's that's the big. Nah, great stuff. it's just like some yeah real amateur stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, thanks, mate. We really enjoyed uh, having oh, a chat, yeah. and, and hopefully uh, we can have you on again, probably in about twelve months' time, when we get the life cycle of the next TaylorMade product. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> all about what's uh, what's new. It's been great, and uh, look forward to having you on again in the future. Thanks for joining us on the nineteenth tee. Thanks a lot, boys. Enjoyed it. <laughs>